Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! The, N- <laughs> the NAACP <laughs> edition. <laughs> Welcome to the Essence Food Festival. G. Bush in the building. Uh, Tyvis Powell oh. and the OG himself. <laughs> I have to, uh, I, I have a little wager going on today that I will not be laughing for the entire episode of this show. So. I'm locked in today. Locked in. No, locked. no giggling, nothing. Just, locked in. Yep. Hey, coming up on the show, we're gonna talk to the editor of Jet Magazine. We'll get to him. Also, <laughs> we got uh, we, we got the owner and creator of Double XL Magazine, and we got a brand new sponsor on the show, Murray's Hair Grease, a staple in the community for so many years. Uh, and we have Duke Beard for Tyvis as well. Duke Beard comb through. <laughs> You went you, you went in your grab bag. Right, but, the only thing you left out was right on magazine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean we said Tyvis has and see here we're gonna do that. Tyvis, could you tell everybody um the wager about you not you you not you not Oh laughing. well, you know, basically we was upstairs before the show and okay. you know, I was sitting there saying I forget what the conversation was, but I was like, I could I could definitely do a show and not laugh. And they was like Steve, Steve goes, oh, I'll bet on that. I, I got a, I got a dollar for you on that. And I'm like, are, are, are we? Do we have a guy who is back there counting? Um, there's the nothing. Steve, it's nothing to count. Steve, listen, and he on the camera too, so he gonna find you if he see you. <laughs> listen, look, he, all, the, the thing about this, as I explained to them before, you wasn't here yet, okay. but this is what happened. You know, the successful people in life have self control and self discipline. If I want to be successful, that like that's all it takes. Like I can control my laugh. Like I don't, you know. Like I said, I'm by the book today. I'm corporate America today. All right, shirt and tie. We're gonna see. We're gonna see how that we pull that off, man. Uh, He's laughing by 11 17. 11 17. He's gonna forget. He's gonna forget, man. He's gonna forget. It's sad. It's sad that people don't believe in me. You know what? I thrive off of it though. Thrive off of it. Do you? <laughs> really thrive off of Seriously. it. Just ask you got it. I listen, but I'm just serious. You about to laugh right serious. now? Hey, look, you his jaws tight. You about to laugh right now, like you eating a cup, can of sardines. Come on now, relax. His jaws tight. Hey, go ahead and let it out, dog. <laughs> look, Come on, be yourself. Man. We gonna get to this. We gonna find a hey, chat. I need you to check how many this is times for a dollar fifty. That's what. It, it, all it. it is look, for a dollar fifty. And I gotta, I gotta do something with the chat here. Anthony Earl, I need you guys to monitor this. We're gonna, you guys can roast Tyvis today. We're gonna read some Tyvis roasts. Yeah, at the end okay. Of the show. We got a, an interview backed out very last minute, so we have some time here at the end of the show. Really? Why would Why would you want to do that? Hey, bro, we just we gonna see. see. If you can stay we gonna see what level. We gonna let, see what level of. Uh, we'll see who can make Tyvis laugh in the chat. Nobody. There's nothing. Nothing's funny today. What's up, <laughs> oh, guys, we can't forget. Uh, McNuggets is old today. Officially, it's his oh, birthday. Happy yeah, birthday, yeah, McNuggets! You know what's so crazy? Anthony. I thought I forgot something, bro. I'm like, man, it's somebody's joint today. 
Mm. I'm the last 20-year-old left on the show. That's all I'm saying. Man, that's crazy, 20. too. 20. How old is you? You saying in your 20s? Can I make an announcement? I'm 29. Yeah. Make that announcement. All right. This is, this is serious, guys. I'm using my COVID year. I'm 29 for another year. I'm using my COVID year in my 20s. <laughs> you get that extra year oh, of eligibility in college. Year? You could use your redshirt year. I know my birthday technically says I was born in 93. I'm using my COVID year. I'm 29 for one more, it's not the one wrong. more year. 30 is the new 20, they say. No. Nah, the dir- the dirty sound, 30. Saying, saying 30 doesn't sound right, so I'm officially using my COVID year. Dang. I'm 29 for another 365 co- days. COVID year. And, uh, yeah, forever young. See, the thing, young. the thing about me, McNugget, is I have an old soul. So, like, I typically do things like as an older person would. So when I get older, I'll still be doing the same thing. So people be like, "Are oh, you young?" That's because it's like I've been doing this all my life. So that's I got it. Cards it's on it's all. It's again, all. So. You did you really? Oh yeah. That's because you. When I shave, I can look like I'm 22. Man. If that, I can look like I'm pushing 17. So so here's here. The only problem with 30 is, like, if you single and you 30, you got an issue. So you got. You do? Yeah, you got a problem. What's wrong with you? Uh, because there's a conundrum. You What's can, the conundrum? The conundrum is you can date somebody that's extremely younger than you. He could theoretically get 21 off and that's not a problem, but he also could get 41 off. You speak, you what's can, wrong with that? You speaking from experience? Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, okay. Listen, 20, wait, wait, what's wrong with that? So 21, <laughs> if you go down too young for 21, you'd be like, man, this girl's cool, but uh, she's 14 years old in the head. She'd be, she'd be. <laughs> Yeah, See, that, I ain't got that's time a, for you. That's a thing. I don't got time for you melting that's in the a, club. That is a thing. I don't got, oh my God, why can't, why you just Man, don't talk to me? A, Whoa. It's some 50 year olds like that. Whoa. <laughs> and then, that, that, then you get the 41 year olds, Big Nuggets. And then they want to fast track you. They want to get you on that, uh, they want to get you on that, that, that yeah, <laughs> when we live in our best life joint where you, they 41 and they think they should be on planes every week. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. There's a statue of limitation. They like on to that. travel. Do I look like Brad Sellers? I don't get on planes every single Today. I don't got no pension either, so you're gonna get one trip, and it's gonna be to like to a place with no beach. It's just gonna nah, be. That ain't no trip. Yes, yeah, so if you only give it a one trip, you gotta at least give them a beach. Nah, and then they be want to judge you because you don't have all your affairs. What, in what a problem with today's dating is it's such a it's a false narrative of what's going on out there. Yeah. You know, they they every everybody thinks that you're supposed to take trips all the time. You're supposed to wine and dine. You're supposed to have all the top designer, and, and they're supposed to provide this for you. And mm-hmm. that's everybody ain't balling like that. You know, it's a, it's a recession out here. You know, and it's one of those things that it's you can't put a price on love you know if you 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 want somebody that cares for you that's going to be there mm-hmm. for you not for what they can do for you and right. that's the confusion that we got in today is everybody wants to know what can they do for me Shoot, i tell you what man you know i shout out to <laughs> what <laughs> relationship issues I thought, hey, I thought i just started some talk show this weekend you must see the same show like what's really going on hey man right, come on man. hey you can follow my dating advice hey man you gotta love me so much you gotta you only met me once you get one time to meet me, well, and then I we mean, get married. Listen, I, I, I had my fun in college, and then I met my wife, and that was it. Uh, I had my fun in college, um, then I got on the internet, then I met my other wife, and one day, it worked out well. Twenty-four hours is all it. Bulls took. bet Man, before bulls bet. Last thing here. <laughs> for anyone who is uh, in the chat saying happy birthday, I appreciate it. All up for my birthday, hit that like button, hit that subscribe yes. button. Do us a favor. It's free. That's all we need. Uh, and we appreciate you, you guys for having fun today. Have I gotten any gifts? You get any gifts from somebody? Some people? Not, yes, not, uh, yeah, someone. Yeah. Okay. My, my parents got me a bike. Mm. No, nothing. A else. bike? 
A bike, though. Yeah, I've been asking for a bike for a while, bro. It's so nice in Cleveland. I'm trying to ride. You know what? Why you send me a little little bike riding through town? My daughter just got a my daughter just got a little four wheeler, a little baby shark four wheeler. She be I'm about to teach her how to twelve o'clock that thing. No, no, if y'all don't know, that means hit a willy. That's twelve o'clock. Twelve o'clock because you you know. I I was like twelve o'clock. So you gotta you gotta hit a you know. Never mind. Don't worry don't worry about it. You know it's it's it's, it's for the younger culture. Uh, it is time for Bulls Bet of the Day, though. If you want to make some money, you should be betting with Bull. Despite the fact he lost on Friday, he is still up 11 wins over the lost column on his Bet of the Day, and he's going back with two bets in the baseball column today. Hey, Ohio, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for every single game. Right now is the perfect time to join Bet Rivers Sportsbook because when you use deposit code SPORTS, you receive a second chance bet up to $500. Get on all the weekly action with weekly specials on your favorite sports like basketball and hockey. To help you win big, check them out at BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. And Bull taking two games on the run line. He's taking the Rays, getting a run and a half, or giving a run and a half, excuse me, at Baltimore. The Diamondbacks also giving a run and a half at Miami against the Marlins. And we are going to talk some Browns to start off today's show. And when we talk Browns, it is brought to us by our dear friends at Lincoln Electric. They are now hiring for great jobs. They are experts in the manufacturing <coughs> and welding field. Check them out at Lincoln Electric. The question today, G, Tyvis and Brad, is as it stands currently, Jerome Ford okay. would be set to be RB2 for the Browns this year. Yeah. Durability as a running back. Nick Chubb has been extremely durable throughout his career, but that's something you can't count on year in and year out. Would you guys feel comfortable if Jerome Ford was the backup to Nick Chubb for the 2023 season? Or do you think Andrew Barry and the Browns need to go out and explore the veteran free agent market, which is still filled with some pretty big names? Well, see, let me, I'm going to start with, you know, you guys are, are two Buckeyes. And I think, uh, you know, Brad, you've been, uh, you know, you've been vocal about one, uh, one Ezekiel Elliott. Um, when you look at this running back uh, crew, you know, we take a look at Nick Chubb is still here. Kareem Hunt no longer was with the, with the team. Do you think that Ezekiel Elliott would be an upgrade from what they have in Jerome Ford? Well, first, this is no disrespect to Jerome Ford. I don't think I've seen enough of him to be able to feel like if Nick Chubb went down, I could hand the reins over to him. Mm -hmm. now, obviously, in Berea, they may know better because they see it every day. I can't say that. Right, I'm always good to have a, a, some, something in the chamber, mm -hmm. right? So to me, Zeke Elliott sitting out here, right? Got something to prove, mm -hmm. right? Realignment back at home mm -hmm. could be some, some things on uh, for us, uh, having some fire still stoked to him. And the <coughs> other thing I said, I'm not, you know, Kareem Hunt still sitting out there, right? You could you could reconstitute that deal if you. You know, you felt like you had to do that, but I'm not sure if I could turn it over to Jerome Ford. I don't know. I just have not seen enough of him. Uh, you know, uh, Tybus, I don't. You play with Zeke, right? Did I you play, play with you, Zeke? You play with Zeke, really? Right? <laughs> Did I play with Zeke? Listen, the jaws is quivering. I seen him. You almost had you that time. He's talking in such a low tone. <laughs> Did I play laughing. with Zeke? That, that right. Is... He was like, "Did I play with Zeke?" <laughs> That's what he should have sounded like. Y'all are so. Uh, listen, I'm good. But you played. But you played with Zeke. I, I digress. Um, do you think Zeke has anything left in the tank? 
Uh, absolutely. I think he was very effective on short yardage last year and on the goal line. I mean, is he a guy that's going to come in? Is he going to be the Zeke from 2016 or 2017 or whatever year, the years that he was leading the league in rushing? No, I don't think that's there anymore. I think that, you know, Dallas did so, did a number on him, you know, giving him the ball 30 times. It kind of wore and tore on his body. Um, I think that he can definitely still be effective in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's an every down back. I think he is a guy that could come in because if if I'm fine, let me go on record. And say I'm fine with Jerome Ford as the number two for right now. Because to me, he does things that, you know, Nick Chubb might not do, you know, to have that pass catcher out of the backfield, which, you know, last year coming out of training camp, that's all. Oh, my goodness. Jerome Ford catching the ball out the backfield. Oh, it's going to be great. So he brings that element to them. I mean, if they want to go to a more pass happy offense, which we anticipate that they're going to do, you need to have that that get out of jail free car for Deshaun Watson. So Jerome Ford is a nice fit there. However, if Nick Chubb does get a lot of wear and tear and gets banged up on this season, I'm not necessarily comfortable with Jerome Ford being the only running back after Nick Chubb. I think then you'll have to explore going to get another running back like an Ezekiel Elliott or even a Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt would probably be the easier choice because you don't have to teach him nothing. He knows the playbook and he understands the culture that you're setting. He's been effective here with the Cleveland Browns before, so I think he would be that choice. Zeke might cost you a little bit extra dollars just because of who he was, but I think that's a, they, something that they have to explore once the season starts. Training camp comes around. They're going to they're gonna put another guy on the, on the roster just to get through preseason, just to see what he does. They'll have some guys on practice squad, but if, when it comes game time and it's time to win games, I think you have to get a big name or somebody that you know can get the job done so that Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, Mark Ingram, all those guys are fine with me. See, I, you know, I, I kind of talked myself into this a little bit. Where's I said it? at one point in time that, nah, you don't need Zeke Elliott. Nah, you don't. But I've looked at what the team is doing. I'm looking at what the Cleveland Browns is telling you that they, they, they kind of made some mistakes a couple of places. When you go back and you look at the roster, look at the roster when we said, hey, you don't have receivers, you don't have the alignment, and they got exposed during the year and not having it. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, you need to get a Joe Woods up out of here and your special teams is trash. Guess what? They thought the same th- same thing and got two new coordinators. Mm-hmm. When you look at this roster, how they throwing people at the defensive line room, they're getting veterans, they're getting rookies, they're getting undrafted dudes, they're going to trade for guys. Yeah. They, do, they got two extra receivers and then drafted a receiver with their first pick. That just goes to show you we weren't excited about Anthony Schwartz. David Bell didn't do what we thought he was going to do. And we need, you know what? You got us. That's our problem. Our bad. Let's get back to the table and bring some different people in and see if we can re- revitalize this mix. So when I look at a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, Jerome Ford is there. But here's what I want to see, though. If it ain't going to cost me but a little bit of money and money ain't the issue, I want that competition. I want Jerome Ford to see would it look like to have two top backs? How that- many running backs they going to season with? Three on the roster, right? Usually three. Okay, and what well, a problem with it is if so, say they do go out and get an Ezekiel Elliott, Mark Ingram, Kareem Hunt. The problem is if you're not the starter, you have to have some some help on special teams. Facts. 
none of them three names that I just told you is doing anything on special teams these days because they're up there in age mm. and their body's not going to allow them to. Mm. Jerome Ford will be your return man, of course. Mm -hmm. But the other one is just going to sit there. So you got to now you're using up another spot on game day because it's 53 mm -hmm. and then I think what 49 or 48 dressed for the game. Mm -hmm. You're using up a spot for a guy that potentially might not even touch the field. And that's a problem. Yeah, but so that's where the issue comes in with those, those top three names. Yeah, but for me, I, I, that was a good point, right? That was so, a, I, a I good like point. The, so, so I'm a three. Oh, it's, I, for, it's by the book, Tyvis. Yeah, you're the by, by the book, Tyvis. <laughs> that's a good, good point. That's a new by the book, Tyvis. So I'm going I'm to I'm I'm break by the book off here, right? Because right? three backs is good, right? Mm -hmm. Jerome Ford, we're getting one a little special team. Mm -hmm. I'm not turning the keys over the factory to an unknown, unproven dude. I'm just not doing it, right? Mm -hmm. If Nick Chubb get banged up, the one thing I like about Zeke Elliott, you ain't got to worry. When you're on the blitz, he's going to pick you up. Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. He's going to do all the dirty things that need to be done because experience has taught him over time mm -hmm. what to do. Sometimes you just need a pro to be a pro. And I don't know why in this town they devalue experience. They, they devalue it all and all in all the sports. They devalue experience, right? Yeah. Experience. You may not be the stud you were. Yeah, but there comes a time, especially when you're in a playoff push, right? Right. Yeah. Oh. That that experience comes to the forefront and the dudes that get left out. They don't have it. Well, I watched I watched the Celtics uh, 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 in Philadelphia in overtime, right? Right. I watched the Celtics self destruct yep. mm -hmm. because dudes did not know what to do. Right, that's and, that's the difference. And when you're trying to make a playoff push, I, I, I like the fact that when you talk about Zeke Elliott, and I like the fact you brought up a special teams, you would have to do something with the roster. So, say for instance, this guy like Nick Harris. Nick Harris can play guard and center. Mm -hmm. So if I need to keep eight linemen, seven linemen, because he, he do I, double, he do double, right? He do a double. Um, you you got guys, and you may look at it and say, okay, what well, if I wanted to bring Zeke Elliott in and I'm keeping Jerome Ford? That means Jakeem Grant. That, yeah, I hear. that means we got to make a decision there. Well, I mean, if they're keeping three on the roster anyways, then that's fine. Just one of them will probably be inactive. Right. But the way what y'all are talking about, listen, if Nick Chubb is healthy the whole season, then this whole thing this is, is irrelevant. We talking about if Nick, if potentially if Nick Chubb has to sit out a game or two, then you need somebody in. I'm totally fine because then Zeke will come in and him and Jerome, would, which they would be a running back by committee. So he don't need to be on special teams because so, Jerome Ford already is doing the special teams and he's going to take the bulk of the carries. So, so be clear. Jerome Ford is not Pollard. That's not that's not what this is. <laughs> that we know that's, of. That's not what that we know. That we know. I, I okay, we can't, we go, it's we, too early. We, we don't only, know. We can only go off what we saw. He looked and good then, in the preseason. Right that's now, all we know. Well, preseason, all right. Exactly. We, that's all, all we know. That's all, all we know. The preseason, right? I want and never to be heard from again. That's all we know. I want six. I want, and this is what happens. When I'm looking at these down the line guys, right? If you take a Cedric Tillman in the in the third or fourth third round, I'm not looking for Cedric Tillman to give. I, I need Cedric Tillman maybe to give me five plays in a year, five plays. I don't know where they're gonna come. I want five. If I'm looking at a Zeke Elliott, I'm not looking at Zeke and give me all them carries. I just want Zeke to give me 20 plays. It, it could be in the air. It could be a blitz pickup. It could be here. It could be on the goal line, running tough, strong. And this is all if Nick Chubb is not available. No, this is what Nick no, Chubb. Oh, so you, so you want to roll Nick Chubb, back health, healthy, backed, backed up, up by Zeke and yeah. backed up by Jerome. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I like the hedge fund because here's the thing: if I'm a coach, if you can afford it, if if, if it, the money is not an issue, now if Zeke wants some money. I don't know. Like if he wants the big back, it. He, if you can afford it, 
That you know, I'm always willing to get a couple extra spare tires. Oh, now. if you can like, afford it, roll it. Hey, snow tires is very is a they very, come in handy. They come handy, handy. When, you, when you up here. I look at a game. Tri- I look Triple I, A come in handy. We got yes a flat. Do. Your car broke down. Yes, it do. Like you know, you, you I don't think, ever need it, but if I have to need it, let but, me go in the listen, wall. One eight hundred. You got listen. You got four daughters, right? Yeah. Roadside assistance yeah. sound good, right? Yeah, yes, it does. Because you, you in another state, you uh-huh. might need somebody to come give you. There call, you go. Call this number. Call this number. Boom. So my thing is, when the Browns is going to be in a pinch some point during that season, yeah, it's it's a good luxury to get. Excellent. 10, 15 carries from Zeke Elliott. I look at a game like against the Saints when it was cold, people out in the weather. It was ridiculous. What if you could have gave the ball to a Zeke Elliott? What if you could have gave the ball to a, 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 a Chubb? Well, I mean, at the same time, the play call had to be that. Facts. Like, they they kind of went away. And that's, I, I think there, there's a little bit to be said for that, too. You just brought up a good point. If you're gonna go get Zeke Elliott, you gotta use him. And they had a Zeke Elliott type in Kareem Hunt and did not use him. Right. And so my thought process is is all of a sudden can we count on Stefanski to use a guy? Maybe the Browns don't value a second back. Maybe that's maybe well, they want to I just I mean it's just Kareem just didn't look effective like that. I mean they value him. Obviously they value him because they take Nick Chubb, how many games do we say Nick just the fourth quarter? Nick Chubb is on the sideline, or why Nick Chubb ain't in the game? So they they value the second back. That's a fact. It's just that Kareem Hunt just didn't look like that guy. I don't know what happened with the offensive line, or if he couldn't hit the gaps like he how he used to. I don't know. It just he didn't look the same last year. You know, so I'm not gonna say that they don't value a second running back because they it's been it seems like Nick Chubb got two two series then Kareem would come in for one two one two one is kind of how they did it the whole season. Well, you know, I, I look at this offense and, and and I think more than anything, um, it's the philosophy of what they want to run. To me, I think that's the biggest question mark um, that we'll deal with for the rest of the season because Brad, we really don't like we we just we just blanketly think that hey. Deshaun Watson is here. We're going to start throwing the ball. I don't know very many teams that have, I don't know very many teams that have ever changed their identity just like that. Yeah. Overnight. And I don't know what to expect it to even look like in terms of the passing game because, you know, you go from 20, 30 carries for, you know, Nick Chubb, you go, you getting, you know, 15 carries and touches for Kareem Hunt. Now it's, hey, we got receivers to throw the ball over the park. Is that something you think it works? No, well, you know, I, I feel like this. You 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 put all your money behind Watson, right? So you, I'm I'm a proponent for giving you the best weapons possible, right? And it, for me, it's not about the money, right? You've already made the investment in Watson, right? So your thing is a short window to make sure you have a full complement of people. I don't have time to, or the, the the timeline we're on to really develop and bring people along. It's either we are, or we not, right? So. In this case, as I'm bringing Ford along, what he pans out to be, I don't know yet. But I'm going in the hole with two that I can count on, right? And even if even if Nick Chubb does not get hurt, right, the secondary person, you, you well, you can speak to Zeke. I mean, around the goal line, that's a luxury to have somebody that can punch it in. Now we've had trouble around the goal yes. line punching it in, right? Nick Chubb? No, the, the Browns have had the trouble. Browns- Punching it in around the goal line. No, Chubb is Chubb is a, not with Nick Chubb. Chubb has been a Chubb has been a good guy around, so, around the so, goal and line. And that's the thing. So we're going so if we're gonna bring Ezekiel Elliott in here for goal line and short short yardage situations, 
what's the point if we got Nick Chubb who's converting those already? Well, here, well, so you, that now you, you say that. You I mean, last, last year, stuff. what we did, we, we was behind the quarterback. We running him on, on fourth and short. That, right? that, that, that's another thing. We guys go back to play caller. I, I think, I think to me, you, I look at it this way. If you go, if, if the Brown, the Browns are at, at a point where when I said this earlier, people thought I was laughing and joking because I just say it sometimes. People say, oh, man, he, he overreact. Bro, they got about six games, man. They've used their goodwill up. They yeah. used they, they used a year we, on Baker. You're right. It, they, they kept Joe Woods way too long. Right. Now you got Deshaun Watson. They got stung in the foot a little bit because they could have made some of these, these, these uh, changes to even make that look a little better. But they said it is it was all on Watson and whether he was going to do. Now you get here. My thing is you can't get down the road and say, "Oops, I got a flat tire." When hmm. <laughs> when you know this is your last race. It's just this is the first year that it's there should be no excuses. Right. There's nothing, there's no suspension, there's no quarterback, there's no new coaching change. There's except on defense. I'll play calling wise, it should all be smooth. You got a whole offseason to work with with Deshaun Watson. He got a whole offseason to get with these wide receivers. You got a whole OTAs coming up that you're about to install the plays that's going to work. You have to have some type of game plan. By the time that mini camp is over at that first week of June, you have to have some type of idea of how you're going to attack this this year on offensive side of the ball. And with this being Stefanski's year in doubt, you know, because nothing, because obviously Jimmy has come out and said, we expect to be in the playoffs. That's pretty much telling Stefanski playoffs or nothing for you this year. So if that's the case, he, he should be working overnight trying to figure out how I got the I finally got the weapons. I got pieces. Let me put all these pieces to use because my job is pretty much on the line for this. Let me ask you a question. Let me just throw that list back up here. We've been talking about it as if it's just Zeke Elliott, right? <laughs> Is there anybody else on this list that you see that could be potentially brought in that makes any sort of sense? Uh, Zeke Elliott is the big name. Obviously. Yeah, Zeke Elliott's out there. Kareem Hunt, Leonard Floyd. You got 163. Steve. That's Fournette. Leonard, yeah, Leonard, Leonard Fournette. Not, not Leonard Floyd. So I was, I was talking to Steve <laughs> looking for the graphic here. You got Mark Ingram out there. To me, There's a few other names that are out in the market. These are the biggest four. To me, they all four of them is pretty much the same people. To me, in my huh? personal opinion, they all the same. They all do the same thing. They all pretty much old. They're all goal line, short yardage guys. None of them catch the ball out the backfield except Kareem Hunt. What's the, what's the difference? Would you be would you be opposed to if it became they're all the same? What they are? If, if it was between Ezekiel Elliott and bringing back Kareem Hunt, what would hold you on, rather do? Hold on, I'm gonna check your Buckeye card here in a second. They're not the same. <laughs> he said they ain't the same. They ain't the From same. what I seen last year on tape, the same, what's the show? I don't care what, what you're you talking about. Show me the, show me the stats from last They're year. They're not the same. Dudes. Give me the stats from last year. What? Give me, give me Zeke stats. Give me Kareem Hunt stats. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, bring Brad, that who up. do you think of those four? Do you think Zeke's head and shoulders above everyone else? Yes. Give me, give me Zeke stats, Kareem stats, me, and Fournette stats. I mean, I need to. I mean, it ain't. I don't think it's that big um, of a difference, except if, unless you're talking about touchdowns. Uh, I, don't, I don't think. I don't think Zeke Eller came to camp 400 pounds, so let we cut that over with Fournette. So that's the done. Fournette is out of here. That's done. Mark Mark Ingram ain't run a good ball since he was in Alabama. Keep it moving. Mark Mark Ingram, yeah, he kind of big too. <laughs> he kind of. Uh, so la last year, uh, you got Kareem. Hunt stats, Steve, that's like number 19 in the graphics. I said it's only Zeke between two. And Fournette. Uh, Zeke had 876 yards last year. 
on 320 on uh, 231 carries as opposed to Kareem Hunt who had uh 468 yards Leonard Fournette had 668 yards on 189 carries they all averaged below four yards per carry the uh, main difference Fournette did have 73 receptions last year for 523 yards who, who did Leonard Fournette had 73 catches but you remember Tom Brady was checking down I, re- I rest my case okay. I rest my case. Which okay. case is that? That they they all the same. No, they about to. I, 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 I look at them. I, I know I it sounds blasphemy, but last year is all they were all the same. And, and real it. quick, someone someone just sent us a super set. Said, uh, "What about Jarek McKinnon? He signed with the Chiefs. So I take no Jarek McKinnon. A, a free agent. Oh he's yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he's yeah. Agent. oh he, this, I take Jarek. He went back to the Chiefs. He's I played with Jarek. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think as we wrap it up, here's the thing. If they want to bring a guy in, but here's the, the philosophy of the running back room is, and they've told us for a while, like they've said, listen, you draft a running back uh, to kind of back them up. Uh, you know, we, we expect Nick Chubb to be durable and healthy. And I think they want to get, if they haven't done it yet, I don't, I think they just want to give Jerome Ford the opportunity. Now, if, if Kareem Hunt gets, or excuse me, if, uh, Nick Chubb gets hurt. I think all all bets are off. Let me let me. If all yeah, if Zeke get, if if Kareem Hunt, I mean not Kareem, but Nick Chubb get hurt, then we they gotta bring in one of those names yeah, yeah, for sure so. because they do something that Jerome Ford can't. They they convert on short yardage. Now you need that short yardage, those right. goal line situations. But if Nick Chubb is there, you don't need it. That's what it's the no, whole my I, whole I, argument I, has been there. We got that. I, I, you <laughs> know, and it goes down to philosophy, right? So you can tell younger coaches younger thinking right they devalue the veteran mm-hmm. right there's a place you want to you want a team that's trying to make it a, trying to have an ascension they're trying to go higher yeah. right well i don't do that with all young people i'll just go to the nba playoff all them young people got run up out of here, getting run up out of here i'll give you credit they, for that. they're getting run up out of here I, but i hear what you're saying on the veteran part but the, the difference between that and everything else is that you, you got your veteran is the best running back in the league. No, no. The, the difference is you, you get it from the veteran in different ways. It don't just have to be on the floor. It's in the locker room. It's on the bus. It's on the plane. It's the leadership that you don't get. It's the separator, right? Or, or, that, that is that is what the vet, the veteran brings to the table. Or so Nick Chubb. You don't think Nick Chubb well, well, sets the a standard? Well, well, no. Here's the thing. I would think he sets a standard. He's like the this model. Is, this is how you want to do it? When I say that, I'm not discrediting this Nick Chubb. I'm not saying I'm you are. About, I'm talking about bringing value to my organization. That's the difference. So, so if I got Nick and I look at it this way, there's there's a thing to be said for, hey, Nick Chubb is on the field. It's hard. It's hard to, to coach somebody up on the field. Mm-hmm. Now, if I got Zeke Elliott by 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 uh, by by young boy, I'm say, he's saying, OK, well, look, let's look and see what's out, out here. Look at this. You see you see when Jimmy Butler come to the sideline, who in his ear? OG in his ear. Yeah, like he like he doing like it's like some things like, like something you don't hear. You may not see this, uh-huh. right? That's what the value is. This is because here. So who is so so? Say a Zeke comes in. Whose <laughs> ear is he getting in? Who is he coaching? You don't listen. You you devalue what he brings to the table. No, I'm just asking. Oh, well, you a I question. think he, I think he could get in anybody's ear. Okay. Right? I think I think his pedigree behind him can get anybody's ear. Right? Okay. I do. I I look at it like this. It, if it ain't no money. I always tell here's, man, they always pay these. Watch young, this. They, they always pay these young dudes. These young dudes can't play dead at a funeral. Well, Stop playing with me. I always, I, I'm looking at it from from this standpoint. I agree with that statement. What? What you said? For that? Yep. Yeah. If you can't 
Oh, my man. Back in the game. <laughs> no, I agree you with know, the dead in the funeral. I agree with that statement. Dead in the funeral. <laughs> Sometimes we get into this thing. And that, the reason <laughs> being, I'll tell you after yeah, G. Yeah. Go ahead, G. I'll we, tell you why. We, Sometimes we get into this thing where, where we tell people we don't need a certain person. We don't need that. We don't need. And I just keep seeing my teams come in last place. Yeah. You can't you can't be a last place team and say what you don't need. Like obviously you need a lot because you came in last and the team that came ahead of you had a rookie quarterback. Like like you know it, you know they laugh at, at Brad all the time like cuz he said Carmelo how many times he going to mention Carmelo? But what he said what he said to you is when you got into the playoffs all them little wishes and happy thoughts turned to Jetty Osmond and, and <laughs> Rubio and them people weren't giving you nothing anyway. Mm -hmm. So how funny was it? Like, like it was how far fetched was it? Because sometimes you realize when you look at people, you understand. Oh, you self checked. And they never. You're not even gonna be on. They're not even thinking about you when the, when the, when the lights get bright. It's, it's, and, it, 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 all that is good, but. The, the the problem with that argument right there, what you just said, okay. is the run game wasn't the problem last year. Well, the dude was know. third in the league in rushing. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why. How is this even that that would make sense so if I, it was I, the I, wide I, receiver rule well, or something I don't, I don't like think, that. I don't think they're saying. I don't think he's saying the the, the substitute behind Nick Chubb is the answer to all your no, problems. No. It just fortifies your your organization. You know, the Browns need a lot of help here, right? They had a lot of blank stares last year. A lot of blank stares, and there, there defensively, were there were times where you sit out here. Where's the? How many times did we sit on the show table? Where is the leadership here? Oh, I said that all. Yeah, that where, was, that where, was a where huge is the leadership? problem. Where's the leadership here? Right. Like, it ain't coming. That, from, it's not coming from them young dudes. It's off, not. That was. But I was speaking more defensively. I no, think. I saying, think offensively, they when when well, Jacoby Brissett was in there, that was a great well, leader. Well, Amari see, Cooper is a great leader. Well, Nick I, Chubb is a great well, leader. Well, I, That's why the offense was able to produce. When I was saying that, it was defensively why I was saying that. So, they literally laid so down. I'm gonna just tell you about organizations, right? Organizations, I don't separate them into two. I don't separate them offense, defense. There's one organization, right? Mm -hmm. And in that organization, there'll be people that will be at the forefront mm -hmm. of leading, right? And, they, and there's a variety of ways. You got those that lead on the field and say, get ye behind me. Mm -hmm. Then you got others that are working by underneath the current, right? To fortify things that you don't even see going on, that the normal people don't even see what's going on. Yeah, right? You got to have that. Yes, that you those, do. Are, those are fundamental aspects of any winner. You show me a winner, and I'm going to show you a team full of things, people like that. You go to Miami Heat, there's a reason why uh, 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 Donis Haslam is on that team, right? It ain't for his playing skills. No, he's he he the OG. Right? I, I'll give you an example, uh, and this is a real world example. When we started off with this show, right? Um, Director Steve. You know, he had already retired. He had already, he didn't already ran his race. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Multiple, you know, Emmy award winning. So when they put a team together, we got the young guys. You know, I consider myself a young guy. I, I cut my teeth. Tyvis, I consider mm -hmm. Tyvis a young guy. McNuggets is a young guy. I'm but, old. <laughs> you yeah, old. I was young yesterday. Today, old I think soul, I right? Into that old right. But, but, but the thought process was when they bring a dude that already done done it and already has done it at a high level, you naturally fall in line as a young dude because you say, "Oh well, look, I'm not. I can't come in here. I'm the. I can't be the weakest link. I got to come in here because they set an example of what type of team and what kind of hierarchy we want to put together. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, when you bring a veteran in and when you bring a guy in, it don't even need to be on the field. They mm -hmm. they just setting the tone, saying 
this is the type of dude that we 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 like, we aspire to be, and this is the type that we want to build our roster around. And what it'll do, it, if if they brought a different person in here and they had a bunch of young kids around and everybody was new in the industry, we might get on the set and be like, we know everything, we about to get this, and they're like, no 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 no, this is how you, this is a professional, you know this what, how you G? get it done. And let's get it working. You absolutely right. And that's exactly why they did what they did this year. You know why? The defense was the problem last year, quote unquote, to me. I, to me, they were the problem. And so what did they do? They got rid of the coaching staff. They got or excuse me, they got rid of the defensive coordinator. Brought a guy in there with that experience that you're talking about. Right. What yep. does he do? He goes out and get Juan Thornhill. What does he have? Super Bowl experience. Mm-hmm. Then they go sign what his name? Rod. Rodney McLean. Rodney McLeod. Why they bring him? Super Bowl experience. Older guy, veteran. What's mm-hmm. this this DB? This secondary is a group of young guys. So what did they do? Go get guys that's older that the had the Super Bowl that's been to where they want right. to get to talk to them, that's to get right. them up to to hold them to the standard that they're trying to get to. So I think exactly what you're saying is the issue that they found out. And they have they have addressed it. But as far as we talking about running back wise, you could bring Zeke in here. Yes, yeah, Zeke has been three times for uh, leading the league in rushing three times, three times all pro, whatever it is. But you wait, he can't tell you nothing different than Nick Chubb because he's done the same. Well, he ain't lead the league, but he's been top three and now he's finally hitting that, that stride and everybody respects Nick Chubb. So it's like if Zeke came here and says something and Nick Chubb says something to Jerome Ford, I'm pretty sure Jerome Ford would a slightly gravitate a little bit more to Nick Chubb. Why? Because he's been here. He's actually seen Nick Chubb. He's got the relationship with Nick Chubb. That's just my personal opinion. I, I don't, you know, listen, again, this is not against Nick Chubb, right? There are, I think that when you bring people up here, bring any person in an organization, sports organization with stature, young people naturally gravitate toward them. Mm-hmm. They do because they're experienced, right? He's coming from a, a, a place in Dallas, right? Yeah. He'll come from a place in Dallas with plenty of stories. Mm-hmm. He's seen the people, right? And those are the people that people, young people gravitate towards, right? Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is, this is here. You, you, you're not going to be the dude in Dallas, right? If we put on this team, it's for a different role. Mm-hmm. Question is, when you bring those people in, can you accept that role? Can you do that? Talk right? about Zeke. Yeah. yeah, anybody like that? You know, we, like we, one of these, yeah. one of them names yeah. we talked about. Can you accept this role here? Some people can't do it, right? Some people are like I, I'm, because in their mind they still think I'm that dude. I'm yeah. not. You're not that guy That's no a more. That's fact. You're not that guy no more, yeah. right? But you can be this guy, right? And those that have uh, can accept that role and learn how to excel in that role. They find a way to extend their playing career because they find there's That's value to them facts. to have them on the team yep. and say. No matter what team, I'm keeping this dude around. We here. gotta keep him. We gotta keep him around here. McNuggets, you said we got a super chat. We got a super chat. Then we're gonna move on, talk a little guardians. This is from Bobby G. And when we read super chats, it's brought to us by PCC. Look at that little alliteration rhyme there. Getting a little smart in my old age. Looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? <laughs> oh, well, dude. PCC Airfoils is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in East Lake Manor, Wycliffe, and Minerva. Are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. Bobby G says the running back room is going to be Chubb, Ford, Kelly, and Felton, and I'm good with that. People always say we don't develop talent. Let's let these guys get a chance to develop. I mean, Stump Mitchell is the running backs coach there. So, yeah. if, and like I said, that's been my whole argument with them. We have to, and it's hard to do, 
but we got to trust some of these position coaches. We Bill deserves respect. Stump deserves respect. The receivers coach deserves some respect. Like they do a great job of developing these guys. So just trust the fact that Stump Mitchell is the running backs coach. Every running back he's put out there has been pretty good for us. So let's just hope that he does the same thing. He still can get the best out of Jerome Ford mm -hmm. and whoever and Kelly and Felton and whoever else is there. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think the, the running back position is not going to make or break them. Right. Um, it's not a position where you just going to be. Oh my gosh! They, oh my goodness! They did not have anybody behind their chub. I mean, I, th I think I think they want to go. They, they I think the running back position they're rethinking what that position is as we speak. And I think you know obviously. They want to get guys that are cheaper, younger. If he, if Jerome Ford could give you exact same Ezekiel Elliott can, then you know, let him rock out. I think, um, I think they'll just be fine. Uh, you know, McNuggets moving along. We 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 talked about it a, a little bit. We move it to the Guardians. Uh, Guardians lost five straight series. They actually they actually stepped up and got a, a big time uh, series win against the Twins. Uh, you know, the bats still ain't doing too much, but. Um, hey, we'll take it. We'll take that. Quantrill uh, had almost a no hitter going into. I believe it was the seventh inning. In the seventh, it was the. So I was at the game yesterday. It was the quietest no hitter ever. I didn't even realize. Didn't even realize that there was a no hitter going until the Twins got a hit, and I looked up. And I was like, "Holy crap!" And, and it's the, the first hit of the game. And the reason, the reason why it was quiet, people don't even want to jinx nothing. They'd be like, "Yeah, sure." Say well, the game was moving so. It, so the game took like two hours and nine minutes. Oh, that's probably the fastest one it of the was, season. No, there's been a couple that have been like an hour 57. But the Guardians got two runs in the first, and then neither offense did anything the rest of the game. Yeah. But it went so fast that like I didn't even realize we were in the seventh inning. I got up, I got a hot dog, came back. So the, it's the fifth inning. So the, so up, the pitching clock back. has worked then. Oh my, dude, the game. You're oh, a fan. Both offenses were not good yesterday. The Guardians yeah. had two runs in the first. They had three singles. They didn't score again the rest of the game. They had like three hits the rest of the game. It went so fast that Mike Polk said this to us when he was on, and then we'll get back to the game in a sec, but he goes, the one downside with the pitch clock is moments don't get a chance to breathe. And there right. are certain moments in a baseball game that right. you don't want to rush because you want to kind of feel what's happening. And I'm not saying this took away because it, it didn't end up being a no-hitter or anything, but the game moved so fast I didn't even realize what I was witnessing, if that makes sense. Mm, right. In the second inning, he got out of a bases loaded no-out jam. He walked at two guys, hit a guy, and then no one else was on base. And it just never actually sunk in because the game was flying by. Boom, 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 boom. Which, at the end of the day, I will take that and not knowing it's a no-hitter over a three-hour and 52-minute 2 nothing game every day of the week. Well, so. I'm glad that he was able to pull this performance off against the Twins. Obviously, you know, they're in our same div division, and they're – I think they lead there, right? They they are what 19, 18, and we 16 and 19 or something like that. Something like that. But they need to win this series against them because they need to catch up and try to get ahead in this division. You know, we've been sitting there sitting back saying, you know, we gonna we're not gonna judge them until after May, you know, once the weather gets hot, you know, the bats will start clicking, the pitching will start getting better. But like at this point, when you got a chance to go up against, you know, people in your own division, you got to win those games. So for him to have that moment, I was glad to see that 
another thing I was glad to see is that he pitched seven innings because I've, we've been in this thing where our pitchers go three or four innings, then they go straight to the bullpen, and our bullpen, to me, has been not answering the bell like they usually have, mm-hmm. and I think that's where a lot of games have been lost. You know, some of the young guys that they brought up to pitch, I thought they started off hot in you know, the first three innings, and then once the bullpen came in, the game started to get lost. So, obviously, Kyle has been the, the second best pitcher on this team because McKenzie's been hurt. So it's good to see him be able to pitch seven innings. You know, that way there's only two left for Classe to come in and finish the thing off. But I think that's the recipe. I, the bullpen right now just ain't clicking. So some of these pitchers has got to extend the innings that they're able to go. And like I said yesterday, it was good to see him go for seven. Look, pitchers not clicking, bats not hitting. Luckily, we, thank God we're in the American League Central. Yeah. I mean, because we have been any other two divisions, we'd be run up out of here, yeah. right? We'd be so far behind the, the first place team, it'd be it'd be nonsensical, right? So, thank goodness for the American League Central. Yeah, I, well, look, look, you know, they get. Uh, I like Hinches is back. He's throwing the ball a little bit better. I'm glad to see his big self throwing the ball. Pause. Um, mm. Throwing the ball. You know. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, by the way, um, I, I look at it this with the roster, right? And, and we talked about it earlier this season, and Bull was here. He said it. Jay said it. When you get when you get a season where all of your young guys play well, mm-hmm. we talked about when when and who would be the p- people that fall back down to the mean. Mm-hmm. We talk about it. Oscar Gonzalez has not played well, not at uh, all, at all. Like he, his power all. numbers. Yeah, he's party. in AAA. He got he's down. in tri- he's in AAA. It, it, like, it, it just seems like Tito don't even have faith in him because they was platooning Brennan. Will Brennan, our guy from the show, they was platooning him early. So you got Oscar Gonzalez. Quan, he's, he's you know, not like he's hit a, a, a you know snag or anything, but he, he played well the other night. Yeah. Um, hit the game-winning home run. Saturday. Yeah, he, he, he's play, he had a, a game-winning home run. He, he showed a little power. But here's the thing. I always ask. I keep asking every every single week. I'm like, yo, is y'all worried about Jose yet? They're like, nah, he good. 285. The yep. numbers is looking. I said, but here's the guy. Think about it. When he you, was hitting triples, doubles, homers last year at this time. Lead you, probably leading the league in MVP voting. When you get when you only got 17 home runs, which is last. Mm-hmm. They, I think they, they got 18 now, G. They got 18. Put some respect on the name. Stephen Kwan hit one. So 18. They still last. Um. And I don't get this about the warm weather thing. When you look at it, look at the teams that are ahead of them in warm weather cities. The Rockies got A&G, way. Hold on. This is big news. Not only are they last in home runs in the league, mm. the Nationals hit six over the weekend. They have four fewer home runs than anyone else in the league now. They have 18 as a team. The, the Nationals, who were below them up until this weekend, now have 22. So... I just hope catastrophic power shortage. Well, I just hope that they just hit a stride. You know, like the good news is Josh Bell is finally hitting. You know, that's you know he started this season off like oh in one of seventeen or something crazy. He's he's batting almost like two thirty, two forty now. So it's nice to see him put the bat on the ball. I just. Listen, like I say, I, Memorial Day is the the thing for me. If, if Memorial Day come around mm-hmm. and he, they ain't hitting like that, it, it's it, you know, you you look at it. I don't know if you can win this way long term. No, um, but like you said, thank goodness they're in the American League Central because if they was in, it, I mean, if the Rays are what twenty eight and 
seven? They've lost seven games or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Like, like, and by the, the way, they have 71 home runs. Yeah, they're 28 and seven, and they have 71 home runs. 71 home to runs. To our 18. When you when, that's ridiculous. Like when you are playing, like, that's ridiculous. And, and and trust me, like I, you know, I, we're not. I'm not sitting up here claiming one to eight. That you're, you're some 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 baseball uh, savant. I'm I'm not looking up baseball stats every day, but even I know this: if you only have 18 home runs, mm-hmm. someone has 71. That means they have an opportunity. They're getting they they getting three for your one. Right. You know how many hits in a row you right. gotta get to get runs? Like the Guardians have to do two, three hits in a row. But the funny thing about baseball is that you know, the the ball bounces a certain few ways and, and they needed a series and they won this series because they could have been down six. Mm-hmm. They could have been down five, six games in in the division by losing this series. They got the you got the win, Contra pretty well. And you look at it, McKenzie might be able to get back with it by the end of May. And all of a sudden, this thing looks a little better. I got a stat for you guys based on the home run hitting abilities of the Rays and the Guardians. And this stat is brought to us by Lorraine Community College. Your classes, your future, registered now for summer and fall classes. You can learn more at LorraineCCC.edu. The leader for the Guardians in home runs, there's three of them. Naylor, Ramirez, and Bell each have three. Hmm. How many players on the Rays do you think have more than three? So not same number. But four or more? How many Eight, rays? Ten. Eight. Seven. One of y'all is right. And it's Brad. Ten different rays have at least four home runs. Absurd. We doing bad. It's worse than I thought. It's not well here's the great thing about it. No, it ain't as worse as you thought. You still a second place. That's the that's the funniest <laughs> part the, about the whole that's thing. The blessing. That's the blessing. The AL Central across the board is just not very good. You look at the standings across like the league right year. now, and yep. you look at where the the twins who were in first place in the AL Central would be in some of the other divisions, they'd be in fifth place in the AL East and third place in the AL West. So, mm. so and, and, and mm. my thing is, but but what the Guardians have to watch is before we always believed that the Guardians, if you watch the standings, they were either going to win the win the uh, American League Central, or they would be in contention for a wild card. Mm-hmm. That ain't a thing. Uh, these American League East dudes is no, they got to win. They, they, like these guys are out. If, if how many games would they be behind in a wild card race? If theoretically it started right now, McNuggets, they got to win this. I mean, because I, I think time? If, if they if the Guardians, who would be a wild card team right now? If you looked at it and it, it, like literally speaking for the playoffs, uh, it may actually uh, okay. Nope, they have wild card. The Guardians are four games out of the second wild card spot. And, and who's who? Are the two wild card teams and what's the records? Baltimore, Baltimore at twenty two and twelve. Toronto twenty one fourteen. The Red Sox twenty one fifteen. The Angels nineteen sixteen. The you Yankees back, eighteen dude. seventeen. Well, Seattle seventeen back. seventeen. Houston seventeen seventeen. All and then the Guardians at sixteen division. and eight. They, they, I, I, so, so I, I think they got to win the division. I mean, because right now they're under 500. Granted, they could get hot, but, I, you know. They're get, closer to the division than they are the wild card. Yeah, they're closer to the division than the wild card. So that's the thing that you, we should be watching the rest of the year. Yes, we, we know that, hey, we're in second place, but second place ain't traditional second place, given the fact that the American League East right. is playing the way they're playing. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll monitor that and see how it goes. But they are lucky. Um, they are where they are. But if if you do get uh, you know McKenzie back, I love Bybee. I, Logan is pitching well. Yep. Quantrill continue to pitch. 
You might see Gavin Williams up here by the end of the season. Click and stick, man. Yeah, I'm about to say them bats got to start clicking. Come on, because you thought we thought we was getting it when we got Bale and what's the pitch? I mean the catcher. We uh, switched out. Zanino. Yeah, Zanino. Oh, and then he. I got got a question for you guys real quick, and then we'll move on to uh, some cap stuff here. The Guardians year after year, and and you know me, I moved here last year. I don't know the history of Cleveland, but they've always had these elite pitchers come through the, the ranks. Guys they call up, no-name guys have turned into studs. Shane Bieber, another example of that. McKenzie, Quantrill, all these guys, hometown developed talent. Outside of Jose, who's the last, like, big time, and not Quant, I'm talking like power bat, that they've actually developed on their own? Lindor. Lindor. I mean, Lindor hit 41 years. Then Albert Bell. And, and, but, and, but then well, you, if you go, go back to Bell, the Grady we're size. The 90s, right? We're going that's, to the 90s. Uh, that, that's my point. They just how, – how is it that one organization is so good at developing one side of the equation and has struggled so mightily? Well, you can't because, you know, you've had different coaching regimes in here since that started, right? So um, – you can't say that, right? Travis Hafner is a guy – um, even after that, you've had maybe there's a few guys that they've had. Hafner has been a dude. My point is, if we have to think this hard about it, this there's one. very few and far You're between. Right. Which is kind of like th- Carlos Santana kind of comes. Carlos to Santana, he walked a lot. He was on base a they, lot. They, they, Mikey, they've never really put an emphasis on stick around here as long as I've been living, right? Yeah. I mean, we've had some people that put some balls out here, but this has not been a place like you you would come to. And think about slugging here. It's just not. It's just not that type of place. That's what for a lot of people. For and I'm gonna give you this. For a lot of people, the, the, the when you look at it back into '90s, for a lot of people, offense brings people to the park. People right. say sometimes, <laughs> why do you think that the you know Guardians struggle sometimes um, with, with, with attendance? Mm-hmm. And that's because of the small ball, like. You know, nobody, nobody is coming to the ballpark to see, um, you no. know, guys hit singles. To be truthful, I'll give you this. There's more people that watch baseball in the late 90s watching McGuire and Sosa. Sosa and them put them things out there. Because – Griffey and Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. When, when, when that was moving, people don't understand. What a time. They, they take a look at it from one perspective. But from an African-American perspective – Go back and watch those games and go back and see how many black people you saw in the stands. Go back and see how many people in barbershops was talking about the, the home run chase and the Maguires and the Sosas and the Bonds mm-hmm. and, the, and and you, you got the Frank Thomas. Those guys, right. that's what really brought you to the park. And, and if you was the Indians back then, the Indians had the Rolls Royce of lineups. When you say, I could go back and I say from the top of my lineup, I could say, well, you got... Uh, 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 Roberto Alomar, you Sandy Alomar could put it out, but you have Tommy, you had Bell, you had Ramirez, you had Kenny Lofton was mm. electrifying. Like you had everything yep. for every Omar Vizquel was electrifying with yeah. the glove. Yeah. So when that thing kind of fell apart a little bit, it kind of like it it changed the way people thought about the the, the team, and it and it w- it wouldn't have been as stark if they wouldn't have gone from. That type of uh, box office stuff. Showtime. Is Showtime that. to like we're gonna be analytical. We're, we're, gonna be, we're nine to five. We're gonna, or we're gonna, yeah, <laughs> that's just what it was. We're so, nine to five now. My, uh, analytical. My, my grandmother. To, why, 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 soul. You have to know why that occurs because see you get you get Showtime out here. At some point, Showtime want to get paid. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, this is not that place, right? You're not right. gonna get it like that, right? 
and and nobody got paid here. Right. Tommy that, didn't get paid here. Nah, Ramirez didn't get paid. Albert Belding didn't get paid. Kenny Loft didn't get paid. Like they weren't paying people like that. Was Jose Ramirez the first person to get like that? I could think that I could think Jose with, with a stick. Yes. Yeah, Jose stick. Ramirez is the first person yeah. that they've invested. He had him. He had, he, had, he had him over a barrel though. Yeah. It is. And he gave him a discount. Mm-hmm. He did give him. He a gave discount. him two discounts. To be real, to truthful, like massive discounts because he, because he wanted to be here, and and so that was it was tough it, even with, with Lindor, right? Right, it worked out because Jimenez is what he with with yeah. a great replacement. Yeah, but the thing here is, I think people don't realize a little bit sometimes too, is not only did the the, the, the then they went through an era where okay that that era worked. But they had pictures like mm. CC Sabathia. Okay. When CC Sabathia and Cliff Lee left, they was like, "That's hard to sell." Like, hey, we're not gonna do the big bats and stuff, but we got pictures now. And then the pitchers wanted to get paid, and they weren't gonna do it. So there's always this perception that you're fighting against, and it's still here. Like, the people that are are intrinsically in it, like Bull or Jay, they understand the minutia of it, and they'll say, "Oh, Bieber gotta go." But you got to think about what the what the real, reality of that is. Deeper is somebody's favorite player, so yeah. when when your favorite players are always leaving and always recycling, that just does not bode well for a fan base that says we gonna ride or die with you. Right. It's more of we'll come catch you if you're good. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Right. We'll, that's we'll, that's we'll pretty check, much good. Right. We'll, we'll check you out if you're good. Yeah. If you're good, you know we'll what wait, I'm saying. We'll wait on you. Yeah. We did get some sad news over the weekend, fellas. Uh, unfortunately, Nick Gilbert, the son of Cavs owner Dan Gilbert, passed away after some medical complications with the disease he had been battling, neurofibromatosis, which essentially generated non-cancerous tumors on your, your skull, your spine, and your back. It's a really sad news, and it's always tough when you hear something like this. And not to say it's positive, but you see all the tributes come out and the impact Nick made on a lot of lives here throughout Cleveland, especially in the sports community. Uh, as someone not as familiar with Cleveland as you guys are, and Brad, I know you work with the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did Nick Gilbert to you kind of stand for, and what did he mean in the grand scheme of how the Cavs have kind of operated the last couple? Of well, first decades? of all, you know, my condolences to to the Gilbert family, Cavalier family. Uh, Nick obviously was a was a bright spot, and what Dan Gilbert was trying to put together here in the organization, well respected, well liked, um, and then it, it really brings back the humanity side of this, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're a parent, right, the, 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 natural, the natural evolution of a parent is that the, the parent is supposed to pass away before the child, mm-hmm. right? And if you're a parent, you know, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what the Gilbert family is going through. And, you know, you, Nick had his challenges, of course. We've always been well documented. The fact that you lost, that a father lost a son, uh, is and a family loss, a family member, um, it's got to be devastating, right? Even with a with, with a prognosis like Nick had, you think they don't they enjoy waking up seeing him every day, yeah. right? Now that's not going to occur, right? And now you, you take that and in, in, in the recent history, the Gilberts have had their own medical challenges. Dan has had his medical challenges, and you know I just I'm, I'm just praying for them because away from anything, away from the Cavaliers, sports, anything, you have the symbiotic relationship between a parent and a child that has just been flipped upside down, mm-hmm. and that takes a lot to recover from. 
you know, what, what are your thoughts, uh, Tyvis, as you look at it? I mean, I, mean, um, I don't, I don't have any, like you know, Brad said, I don't have any children um, as of now. But you got children, and he said one of the things that was powerful. You said is the natural order of a thing is as a father is that you, you, that you expect your children to bury you, yeah, not the opposite way around. Yeah, I mean, having children, I couldn't imagine, you know, waking up every day, especially because every every parent got a thing with their kid. You know, it's a it's a relationship that you build where when you wake up. And your kid is there. It's always like something fun that y'all do or something just to get the day started because, you know, your kid always wants to, they're like your bright spot of your day. Mm -hmm. You know, if things is going bad, your kid always has that positive outlook on life and innocent look on life. So when that's removed and that routine isn't there anymore, like that's, that's tough and something hard to deal with. I mean, everybody knows Nick from, you know, him doing the draft lotteries. I mean, I think we got a couple first picks of the draft when he was present. And, you know, it's just he always had that smile. Just the just who he was, you know, just to, knowing that you're dealing with something health wise. He still had a smile on his face. Right. He still loved life and looked at the positive things in life. And now that that's not there anymore, it's going to be, it's tough for the Gilbert family. So my thoughts and prayers is with them as well, because I can't imagine, you know, if I woke up and my daughters wasn't there one day. Mm -hmm. You know, some, sometimes we, you know, a lot of people, um, because, you know, a lot of people struggle and they believe that, you know, because you have money that changes stuff. Mm -mm. And just if you thought that for one second, just look at the Gilbert family, um, you know, Wealth don't buy health. Um, you know, I'm sure Dan Gilbert has enough money to do a lot of things, but just knowing that he does not have enough money to fix his son, mm -hmm. or he doesn't have enough money to change his predicament as far as his health. So sometimes I think you gotta look at other people's lives and learn something from it and say, you might not have as many resources or tangible things that they got, but that's not the real part of life that mm -hmm. really counts. It's your relationships and can you wake up and see people. And I, I want to thank him because for a lot of people, they give Dan Gil Gilbert a lot of grief. Mm -hmm. But I want to, like, the best parts of my life as a sports fan <coughs> was because he delivered. Like, when his son was up there, I remember it like it was yesterday. Like, you know, they took us through an arc. Like, it, it was... <laughs> You know, we had LeBron and we was winning 66 games and he left mm -hmm. and it was it was dead. Like it was like businesses went out of business, mm -hmm. like all of that. Like we, people down didn't go downtown. It was just like that era was so dead when you saw about the Browns and the Guardians and and, and, and the Cavs. But I, I will always remember I was working in a call center <laughs> making calls for direct TV. Mm -hmm. And I remember when they said, the Cavs got their pick again. The Cavs got the number one pick. And people went crazy because not because it was the number one pick. We was like, yo, we were so crazy that we knew LeBron was coming back that we needed that pick to even make it happen. And guess what? As far-fetched as it sounded, as far-fetched as it was, it was a storybook because it happened. They got Kyrie. And then they went and got, you know, they got Anthony Bennett. And we like, oh, we screwed now. We got that first pick again. And then they came back and said, they got the number one pick again. They're going to take Wiggins. I said, we got it. LeBron coming back. It's a wrap. And sure as, sure as day, 
the article comes back, but I will always remember Nick because he was the face of that. Mm -hmm. We just felt like you put him out there. We get the number one pick, yeah. right? We about to get that pick. Look at this, man. It, it, it's crazy, man. Like the chances. And so Dan Gilbert's family has given me an opportunity and a lot of people just to rejoice because I know I'm not the only one that say this. I cried so tough when the Cavs won the championship because I felt like it was insurmountable. There was no way LeBron should have even been there. There was no way we was beating the best team ever. And guess what? Every day I look at it and I go watch that and I say, man, I appreciate Dan Gilbert's family for giving me the opportunities of sports. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 